We're here to inspire, inform, and connect entrepreneurs and high achievers. Welcome to Results Radio with the number one results coach in the country, Sean Shuchuk. Sean is as focused on your results as you are. Visit our website at www.yourresultsradio.com and take advantage of the free tips and gifts. Plus, get your copy of the best-selling results journal developed by the number one results coach in the country. With you in mind, it is the most powerful achievement tool used by high achievers today. Here is the host of Results Radio, Sean Shuchuk. This is Results Radio, and I'm your host, Sean Shuchuk. You know, every show we bring you some incredible people to share with you, to serve and support you. But I want to make a suggestion before we go there. If you haven't done so yet, go to our website, yourresultsradio.com, Y-O-U-R, resultsradio.com, and get yourself a copy of the Results Journal. It was designed with you in mind to help you accomplish more in collapsed timeframes. In other words, do it in less time. Uh, I received a phone call about a week ago, maybe a little longer than that, from an individual who had been on our, our site and had some questions. And they wanted to know, and this is a really interesting question. They wanted to know why for some people, quote unquote, success appeared to come so easily. And for others, it appeared so much more difficult. And it's a really interesting question. Uh, I have answered this question in a lot of different ways from a lot of different stages of platforms and even on this show numerous times. And it's a question I'm going to pose to our guest today. Before we get there, though, I think it's really important for us to delve into why Change Your Results, Sean Shuchuk, and this radio show, Your Results radio show exists. And I want to be very clear about something. We get the opportunity to speak through this medium and many others, but this medium in particular, somewhere around a million and a half listeners. And it's really important for me to be able to share with you the very best because you take this information, you internalize it. I guarantee you one thing, it will change your life, your business, career, and relationships, and all for the better. That being said, today we have an incredible guest, a great friend. This guy He's, I was going to say he's a rock star, but actually he's way more than that. He's a television star. He won the grand prize on Superhuman, $50,000, I think it was last year. He's a two-time Guinness record holder for the, having the greatest memory. He's an expert. He's a guest. He's been on the Today Show, live with Regis and Kelly, Steve Harvey, Discovery Channel. The list goes on and on. This guy also is a CEO of a PR firm. Let me be very clear about something. If you are looking for someone who knows how to, how to stimulate change, how to create something when it comes to implementation or speed of implementation, this guy's it. Dave Farrell, welcome to Results Radio. Well, thank you very much for having me. That's got to be one of the best introductions I've, I've ever had. This is fantastic. I would, I would hire you to be my promo guy if I could afford you, Sean. You're amazing. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, my friend. And you're welcome. And I really do appreciate you being here. It's, it's always awesome to have incredible people on, and I get the privilege to uh, have some pretty awesome conversations. We've got a lot of people listening to us right now, and one of the premises of the show, the premise of the show is very much helping people understand what achievement is, can be, and most of us don't really get that. So I have a question for you. You're a very successful guy. You're a young guy. How did you get there? And how did you do it at your age? 
yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm just, I just, uh, just got into my forties now. So uh, I, I'm, I'm just. 43 years old now, but, uh, uh, I got a lot of success even in my twenties. So yeah, I guess the, the question is fair. It feels weird though, because I've been, you know, I feel like it's been a struggle for 20 years, but there have been, of course, great milestones along the way. I, I think the best answer to the question you had earlier on of, of, uh, why do some people seem to achieve success with very little effort? I, I think they're better at hiding it. I think that's the only answer. I have not yet met a person who hasn't struggled at some point, hasn't really doubted, you know, their path, uh, you know, doubted whether or not the customers were there or if this was the right thing for them and, and um, you know, had to, uh, I mean, the number of, of all-nighters I've had to pull to get something accomplished, it's, it's, it's immense. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even remember even me. But that being said, though, <laughs> the, the, greatest, uh, the greatest thing you can do is working for yourself because it doesn't feel like work. And it, it is work. It is really hard work. It is probably the hardest work you'll ever do, objectively speaking. But subjectively speaking, it won't feel like work because, because you're doing it for yourself. It'll, it'll, it'll be, um, when it's, when you accomplish something, of course, it's the most rewarding thing in the world. When you don't accomplish something, you'll kick yourself and you'll punish yourself and you'll be more mad at yourself than you've ever been mad at anybody else. But that's how you get there. And, and I really you think don't being an entrepreneur know any other way. is harder than having a job. Do you really think that, and you say it's hard work, is it more difficult than those out there that just have a traditional JLB? Absolutely. But, but I will give a caveat to the answer. Um, it's harder in the beginning. The best way I try to describe it is because I'm, I'm kind of, I think, like an engineer. I've, I've built a lot of systems for my business and also for, for our PR business. We have a whole system that, that we follow, and, and I've actually built, built robotics and, and other design engineering stuff. And, you know, so I approach business like, like that. And if you think of the R&D phase of any product, if you think of, you know, the iPad or, or any, you know, any other product that you see out there, think of how long it took to develop that, to, to research and develop it and improve it and make tweaks and all that. If you've ever been involved in a project like that, you know that that's immense. And all of that work happens up front, then you sell the damn thing and you make money. So that's very much what it's like to be an entrepreneur is, is all the work is up front. I don't know if it's more work overall, though, because once you do achieve a level of success, you can really have a life of leisure. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I, we were talking about this before. I don't mind being, being completely honest with people. I could, I could retire right now, and I'd, I'd make a, a great living, uh, about six figures a year for my investments for the rest of my life. And, and there's not many people in the world that can say that. I, I set up my business that way, so my money works for me. All that rich dad, poor dad stuff really does work. But um, I, I also have had many times in my life where I'm literally not exaggerating when I say I've worked 100 hours a week uh, and, and still felt like I, I didn't get enough done. So I think that that's why it is tougher because it's all up front. And you also don't get paid in the beginning. You know, in the beginning, while you're figuring it out, you don't make any money. It's only after you've already figured it out, then you start making money and it gets easier. And you're scrounging for pennies in the beginning, whereas, you know, after, after you've built a successful business, you know, you, you've, got, you've got more than enough money. Perhaps you don't have as much time as you'd like, but, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, uneven in that way. Do you think that everyone is, is built to be an entrepreneur? 
You know, I used to think that everyone was. I think everyone should try it because there's a lot more people who are genius at it that might not realize it until they get into it. I've heard tons of stories of people who, you know, were fired from their job or laid off or something, and they got into being an entrepreneur because they had no other choice and they turned out to be brilliant at it. So I think everybody should try it, but I don't think it's for everybody. It really is for somebody who has, who's, who's able to delay gratification. Like I said, you know, be prepared to do 10 years of hard work before you really reap the benefits. But you know, the benefits are, are immense. You, you, I mean, I have, I've, I've got a son, he's pretty young now and I'm, I'm just looking at it like, you know, I could, I could, fly to Egypt with him if he was studying Egypt in his, in his school. You know what I mean? Like I could do things like that. My dad never would have been able to do that with me. And because I, I grew up very poor, uh, you know, in a very poor family. And, and he did amazing, amazing work with the money that he had. He was a genius with that. But, uh, you know, there is something about having those resources that that's fantastic. I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but it, it, it really is like, you know, you know, there, there is that there is that that benefit. I think I, you and I probably grew up very similar and uh, people ask me this all the time. And I've, I've built a business in the same way that I think you're describing. And, you know, uh, I try and take, and I tried the wrong word. Probably I do take a, a significant amount of time. I, you and I get off this interview. Um, I actually am leaving and I'm gone for a week and uh, with my family in the Rocky mountains. And I think that's a big part of this. And this October, I'm actually taking uh, my oldest son, getting on a plane and going to Australia for almost the entire month mm. and just renting a car and driving around and, you know, experiencing um, yep. a different part of the world. I think, you know, I, you know, what you said a minute ago is, is hundred percent bang on. I mean, my parents could never have done that when I was, when I was younger. So I, yeah. I think there's a, there's a point to that. Let me ask you this. Do you think sometimes, and you kind of alluded to this in, in your last answer, we become entrepreneurs and we, meaning those of us who are currently entrepreneurs, out of necessity rather than desire? Well, no, I, I, no that's not how it happened to me. I, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur myself. Uh, but like a lot of people who find, you know, who have a passion, I just assumed everybody wanted that. And, and I, you know, as I go through my life and, and as I'm older, I realize, no, not everybody does want that. You know, there's a large swath of the population that doesn't want to be their own boss, no matter how much they hate their boss. They don't, they don't want to be in charge. Um, I, have a, I have a friend of mine who is involved in the cleaning business, right? And I, I was uh, showing her how, you know, you could do a few different advertisings. You could do a few things online and, and you could book, you know, several cleaning gigs for yourself and keep all the money yourself. She tried it and she hated it. She hated the sales aspect. So she would more than ha- be more than happy to give away the, you know, 30, 40% or whatever to the person who's booking this stuff if she just does the job that she does. You know, and and it blows my mind because I would never think that way. But I gotta respect that you know other people <laughs> are wired differently, and and I I respect that. You know, I think you and I probably think a little alike because I when you said that to me, I'm like something doesn't quite collect connect for me, uh, and and I love that. Listen, there are a ton of people out there today who are entrepreneurs and or at least they think they're entrepreneurs. And I think what's important to, for us to, to understand is just because you own a business or you went out to the local, you know, a local authority registry and, and incorporated something doesn't necessarily make you an entrepreneur. The godfather of small business in the United States and Canada or North America is um, Michael Lee Gerber. And he says that most people are technicians. They were a good plumber, a good consultant. They went out and they started a business because they wanted freedom. And the reason most people get into business is what you and I are talking about is freedom. But most of them haven't achieved it. Most of them work more in their business and on their business. Most of them work more 
in their business than when they have that J-O-B. Yeah, uh, I, I, was for, I was stuck there for a long time too, that, that solopreneur uh, feeling great about myself because I'm my own boss, but, but really I, I, if I left it for uh, a few days to a week, my business would fall apart. You know, it needed me more than I needed it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He goes further, Dave. He said something interesting, and I like this. He said, um, "There's a lot of of business owners that are um, that are technicians having an entrepreneurial seizure." And I like that because <laughs> I think there's a <laughs> I think there's a whole lot of truth to that statement. Um, yeah. Is there a way for those that are listening? And there are a lot of people listening, and, I, and a lot of the folks listening to us have this conversation right now are entrepreneurs, maybe even solopreneurs. Is is there some kind of advice you can give me? You're a successful entrepreneur that will help them go from being that solopreneur, maybe that, that technician, having that entrepreneurial seizure, and be able to scale that business out? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and, and this is just, I don't have an agenda or anything. If, if, uh, I, just, I just love you know, your show and what you're doing. So this is just like right straight from the heart. I'm a very practical person. And I would say on a day-to-day basis, the, the reason I survived and others, others uh, didn't uh, time and time again is because I, I paid attention to, to cash flow and opportunity. Now, let, let, me, let me caveat this at first. When I say I survived, I mean that business is very much like the person who still survives several years later, they're almost guaranteed that they have a business. It's really kind of fascinating that most businesses go belly up uh, within the first year. Something like 80% go belly up within, mm-hmm. you know, the first or second year, you know? Um, so if you, if, you can, if you can be self-employed, even as a solopreneur, you know, for 10 years, you know, pat yourself on the back. You're, you're one in at least 100, maybe 200 people who try that, which is of them that, that they're one in 1,000, you know? So you're very, very close to being able to break free, but it's a lot like um, it's a lot like a, a rocket that has to break free of gravity. You have to reach a certain speed in order to break free of gravity. Otherwise, you're just going to be putting out a lot of effort just to fight gravity. So, um, what I focus on all the time is cash flow and then long-term opportunity. Cash flow is right now. I got to pay the rent at the beginning of the month. I got to make payroll. And in my case, I have employees. I got to make payroll, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I got to make sure that I have the sales right now to cover the expenses right now. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'll I'll be perfectly transparent. I think everybody's been here at some point. I've, I, it's been very tight. I, I, I did not have, uh, at every point in my business, I didn't have, you know, 10 grand in the bank that I could just dip into if, if, if things got tight, I had to, you know, take some sales with customers that I perhaps didn't want to because I needed the money, you know, like things like that do happen. I wouldn't do that now because I'm smarter. I would know how to set things up ahead of time. I want to make it clear you don't have to be that way. But certainly, you know, while you're learning the ropes and figuring it out, yeah, you're going to do that. Um, so cash flow is really important. You have to keep the beast alive. You have to feed it and, and take care of it on a regular basis, and, and it can't die on you. The second thing is if you only focus on cash flow, your focus is way too narrow. You have to also have an eye on the future. You have to have an eye on, like, where is this market going? What's happening? When I first, uh, when I first got into uh, speaking, 
I was making really good money speaking at real estate offices, of all things. Uh, I, I'm the memory guy. I, I would do a talk. I would offer to do a free talk at a real estate meeting. But I, I got to the point where my talk was so honed, I could pretty much guarantee a certain amount of revenue depending on how many real estate agents were in the room. They like to buy my mm -hmm. program because they can, they can remember customers' names and faces, and that makes, that makes them more money and, and also, you know, makes you feel smarter, and it's just it's a good program and everything. So, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd make, like, say, I think I had an average of 1400 to $2,400 per talk that I was doing, which was great. In my 20s, that was, that was a lot of money, you know? Um, I, now my speaking fee is, is a lot higher, but, but how I got here, though, is after a while, uh, those meetings didn't quite produce. As we got close to the uh, financial crisis too, the housing crisis, I stopped doing them entirely. You know, There was a certain point where the real estate market changed. It actually changed in 2001 as well. Like It changed a few times, mm -hmm. and I had to find my money elsewhere. I had to speak at different stages. I had to go to other locations, and I had to do you know, other things. That's why I got into the college market, for example, uh, you know, earlier on. And it's also why I got on radio and TV and, and kind of did the same thing that I did on these smaller stages, but it was a radio show and I was trying to drive traffic to my website rather than trying to get people to sign a form. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, is the reason I survived is because I was able to change from time to time, but it was always like, where's that next dollar coming from? And this isn't the only way to do it. I'm sure there's some people who, you know, just make the perfect plan and plan it out. But um, I found that if you follow the money, if you listen to what your customers want and you try to, to give value to them, you might find yourself in a business that, you know, you didn't intend to. Like, I never intended to be a PR guy. I really, I love it. I'm damn good at it because I did PR for myself. I've made about $10 million worth of sales for my own memory program. So that's why people trust me with their contracts and their clients. But I never intended to be the PR guy. I was just trying to you know, make money for myself, which, which of course is the ultimate credential if you're trying to be the PR guy. Like I, you know, I didn't realize it, but I had enough entrepreneurs coming up to me saying, hey, how did you do this you started with nothing and you sold all these, these programs led to an infomercial and now you've got a diverse business and everything. And all you had was an information topic. How did you do it? And I was like, well, you say this during an interview, you say this when you're talking to a producer, you know, you phrase an email this way. And I realized I had this wealth of knowledge. I started hiring people, started you know, feeding that, but it never would have come if I hadn't had a lot of entrepreneurs come to me saying, how did you do it? And then I figured out how to add value to them. So it was very organic. Uh, the, the process that I went through. Uh, but I'd say, you know, every single day I'm thinking, where's my long-term opportunity going to come from? Where am I going to have to change to fit? And where's my cash flow right now? What, you know, how am I going to get the money to pay the bills today? And that's what got me through the tough times and also led me to the good times and just having that split focus. I love it. If you guys aren't listening to this, engaging with this and taking notes, you're going to be missing a lot of zeros at the end of the year in your bank account, as my good friend Paul Kazanowski says. This is Results Radio. I'm your host, Sean Chuchuk. We'll be right back in just two minutes. Please stay with us. What would being a best-selling author do for you and your business? Massive credibility. Your brand launchpad. Celebrity. Over two-thirds of Americans want to write a book. Get yours published now and distribute it around the world. More exposure means more prospects. More prospects means more clients. Even better, you don't have to do it all alone. You've got the leading publishing and marketing team doing it with you. At Results Press, it's easier than you dreamed. 
visit us today at theresultspress.com. You and I know you're ready for more, for the freedom that you were promised when you decided to become an entrepreneur. Sean Shuchuk is the number one results coach in the country, and he wants to work with you, but only if you want to achieve real and lasting results. If you want five times or 10 times your income, and to do it fast, if you want that six or seven figure income, visit changeyourresults.com now. Send Sean a message and say, I want real freedom. I want to invest in myself and work with you. Welcome back to Results Radio. I'm your host, Sean Chuchuk. And today on the show is Dave Farrell. Dave, you're the memory guy. And I want you, if you would, please tell us. We're going to come back to our conversation we're talking about before the break. But I want to make sure that those listening know what this means what's the memory side of this all about? You talked about PR and, you know, I shared a few things. You've been all over TV and, you know, all kinds of cool stuff, won prizes. What's the memory thing about? Sure, sure. So uh, I started off, I, I was a, a, an information entrepreneur. I, I had, uh, I developed a method to improve my memory to start off with. So a lot of times when you solve a problem in the marketplace, uh, a lot of people are solving that problem for themselves. You know, let's say like how many parents out there that are great, you know, great inventors of kids products. It's because they had a problem with the current product line. So they invented something new. So I was no different. Mm-hmm. I was actually diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia when I was in high school. I overcame those challenges using mnemonics and I started developing my own system uh, and uh, did, did incredibly well, actually raised some money for charity, did things like that. And then I decided to go for this world record to really put me on the map. And I really want to say uh, that, uh, like, you know, a lot of people can go, oh, well, you're in the Guinness Book of Records, so you're lucky. Well, you know, it, it took a lot of effort to get in the Guinness Book of Records, but, you know, maybe you should ask yourself, what is your, what's the world record for you? What is, what is the absolute pinnacle of your opportunity, right? Um, mm-hmm. For me, I just, I wanted to be able to walk into a room and have instant credibility, so I went after this goal. Uh, and the, the record is 59 decks of playing cards all shuffled together, uh, and I went through from the beginning to the end, and I was able to recall it from memory. The recall alone took about eight hours just to recall one card after another after another, and I made only one error out of 3,068 cards. And I did that because I have a method for improving memory. It, it allows you to memorize things without repetition. But I also did that as a publicity stunt to really put me on the map because I bet you there's a lot of people listening right now who – who have something really amazing. You've got a really great diet plan. You've got something really amazing, but you need that, that awe-inspiring shock value to get people's attention. So that was the, the world record for me. But I got to say, even after I broke the Guinness record, the world didn't beat a past my door. Um, the media did. I did a lot of media because I was very young and I was in the Guinness Book of Records the first time. But uh, I had to figure out how to turn that into money. I had to figure out how to, you know, make courses and eventually, um, you know, CDs and DVDs and then, you know, market them via website and, 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 you know, all the sales pitches, the split testing, everything involved with that. There was a lot to it. And I basically just learned it from scratch. But that was, that was essentially my, my, my first business. And I was very successful at it. I still speak to this day on, on memory improvement on the brain. And I have a website, actually, if any of your uh, listeners are, experts uh, in self-help, psychology or the brain or anything related to that, uh, they could actually be uh, potentially a contributor to brainhackers.com. That's my my content site. It gets 10,000 unique viewers uh, per month and uh, love to, you know, 
extend that courtesy out there if people are interested in contributing. We have a we have a process for that. That's that's awesome. What's what's the URL again? Uh, brain hackers. So you know how there's like life hacking. This is brain hacking. So it's brainhackers.com. That's awesome. So make sure you're writing that down, folks. Uh, listen, you talk. We're talking about before the break. We're talking about cash flow, and we're talking about you know what's what's what's, a, what's important and how you built what you built, which is incredible, by the way. As are all your awards, and I and I know it's it didn't. There's no luck involved, but I want to talk to you about this for a second. Um, we hear a great deal about having a plan. Did you have a plan, or did you do it by the seat? You know, flying by the seat of your pants. I, I mean, I always had a plan a few years out but I didn't have a ultimate overarching plan. Like I'll tell you, man, when I first got in the Guinness book of records, I was on, it was in Canada. We were both Canadian originally. And I was on every major news program uh, there that there is in Canada. It was incredible. And I didn't have a book to sell. Like just to think about that for a moment. Right. So I certainly did not have all my ducks in a row. I didn't have a mentor that was teaching me about business. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, but uh, you, you do have to plan, like, you, like lessons like that do make you plan, do make you learn. There was a lot of cases, I will say also in the beginning, where I always thought that, you know, just around this corner, oh, th- this will be the thing that will get me rich. This will be the thing that will get me rich, you know? And there was always like, oh, here's the next, you know, partner that I'm partnering up with, this next joint venture. And I thought everything was going to be the thing. And I realized, at least for me, there was no one thing. There was a whole accumulation of things. So, you know, if you start to think of, um, I'm less goal oriented now and more about habits. If I start to get into the habit of doing a lot of shows, doing a lot of press, just, you know, working the business and, and, you know, building my, my, my business, doing more speaking gigs and things like that, then all of those results come. But, uh, yeah, but don't, don't hang all your hopes on, on, on one individual thing. It's usually a, a combination of things. Did you ever want to give up? I never wanted to give up, but there were times where I hated it and I considered giving up. There were times mm-hmm. where I was teaching a, a class on memory and I was like teaching to salespeople and things like that. And I just, I don't know, like, like they, they were nice. They were good people and everything. It wasn't even them. It was me. I just felt there were moments where I just felt trapped. Like, what am I doing? You know? And I just, I just thought, I, I remember there's one moment where I was like, looking at this whiteboard and I was about to write something on there and part of me just wanted to leave the room and never come back. I, I, I had that moment and there was a whole uh, room, was about, I wouldn't say full of people, but it was about 30 people in the room. They, you know, they were paying to take the seminar and I just, I don't know what it was, but I just had this big existential crisis at different moments. And I thought to myself, you know what? I, I, I'm going to do this. And, and I just, I, I actually considered, Hey, if I really, really don't want to do this, then I'm going to walk away. But if I'm, if I'm going to walk away, it's for good. Like, like this is not a temporary thing. If I'm going to say no to this, I'm going to walk away. And, and once I you know, made that commitment that it's all or nothing, then, then that, then that animosity started to go away and I really started to enjoy it. So, I mean, I don't know if that helps anybody out there, but there was a big internal battle for a while where I was like, I just hated it. Like I had to, I had to put so much effort out for sales. I had to constantly sell myself far more than I did to teach. And that, that can get tedious and difficult. And I just, I hated the process after a while, but I thought to myself, you know what, if I quit, I'm never coming back to this. All right. So make your what decision would you say now. to someone who's there right now, they're in that place where they want to throw in the towel. Well, what would your advice to them be? Well, I, I don't know what will work for other people, but for me, 
I started to think about what my life would be like. And it, it, made it, it made it easier to realize that we are heading somewhere. When I started to see that year after year, I was doing a little bit better, you know? Um, and, and, it, and it's tough because there, there will be some people who maybe you shouldn't quit what you're doing, but you're, you're on the wrong path. You know, like I, 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 if I was still teaching to real estate agents, I wouldn't be where I am now. You know what I mean? You've got to, you, you know, there's sometimes where the universe is telling you to change, but don't quit. But for me, I was in that, uh, that moment where I just hated it. And I was like, okay, if I really don't want to do this, then I can walk away now, but I'm never coming back. And I think that's what kind of woke up my subconscious to realize, oh crap, he's serious. And, and no, we, we, do, we do like this sometimes. I don't hate it all the time. I'm just frustrated now. So I, I, guess, I guess, yeah, if I'm going to give some advice for whatever it's worth, um, although, you know, your circumstance might be different, try to find out if this is just a temporary frustration. If you're just like, you know, sick of picking up the phone and doing calls, if you're sick of networking and maybe somebody didn't return your phone calls, or maybe you booked something and they didn't show up and it sucks sometimes. Um, you know, if you're just frustrated with the process in the moment, that's one thing. But, you know, that's different from long term, you know, take a vacation, take some time off, get yourself reset and go back to it. If long term, this is really not for you, you'll know, you know, this is the but if you're in this still now, if you're in this for a couple of years, then this is really your passion, I'd say you stick with it. And I always had the philosophy that there was no setback that was ever a failure. I've never failed at anything. I've only, uh, essentially I see failure as quitting. So if you don't quit, you can't fail. You know, mm -hmm. um, there are times where I decided to stop working on something. I made a strategic retreat or, uh, or a strategy like, Hey, that's, you know, there's, there's no more money in this. I'm going to go somewhere else. But I never really feel like I ever quit something, you know? I, I, love, I love that. You know, I, it's been said that a setback is a setup for a comeback. And you kind of just said that. And I, I really like that. I Absolutely, really do. Absolutely, yeah. Well, um, well that's me, all the people who, who have lost their jobs, you know? And, and, and they've started running a business. And, and uh, like you can think of like Leo Coca, you know, is a great example from yesteryear. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of examples now where, you know, somebody was fired. And all of a sudden, it's the best thing that ever happened to them. So, you know, setbacks are not, are not negative things, but it's, it's whether or not you pick yourself up. But life has more to do with, less to do with what happens to you and more to do with what, what happens after you fall down if you pick yourself back up. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, two final questions. Our time is very quickly coming to a close here. When you're having fun, sure. it goes quickly. Let me ask you this question. There are a lot of entrepreneurs out there today that are doing business by default. They just, it's hope and pray that it, something works out. Is there a valid argument to that we should be doing business by design rather than default? I think there is. I think that uh, you also have to do the math a lot of times. A lot of times us as entrepreneurs, uh, all things being equal, we're, we're sometimes overly optimistic. We think that you know, every sale is going to work out. Everything's going to happen. I like to do the math. I like to think, okay, you know, if I've closed these many sales from these many leads, how many leads do I need in order to get these many sales? You know, to get a million dollars, how many am I going to, how many people am I going to have to get a hold of? And then it gets you creative thinking much more ambitiously, really raising that roof, realizing it's a numbers game really helps uh, in that case as well. I like that a lot. What is one thing, a golden nugget that our listeners, when we are finished speaking, Dave, they can wrap their head, heart, and hands around. They can take it right now, today, and go implement it and see real positive change in their initiatives. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is something I say in every coaching call, almost every coaching call lately. Um, if you're trying to sell something, the times when it doesn't work is if you have to convince the customer that they need it. You, you've, you've almost all, already lost the battle, except for a handful of circumstances. You want to have a product and or business and or set up your brand so that the customer walking through the door already believes they need this service and or product. Uh, they just don't know if you're the right person to solve the problem. You, you see what I mean? So if, if, if I like memory, for example, right? If you think you don't have a problem with memory, then what am I doing here, right? But if I walk in the door and I say, yeah, we have, we have a way to improve memory. It helps with study skills and forgetfulness. Then you say, oh man, I need that. Then all I have to do is convince you that I'm a trustworthy source of that product you know, and that it's an appropriate mm. price. I don't need to convince you you need the product. If we came in and said, I don't know, something like, you know, meditation, for example, right? And, and by the way, there are people out there who need meditation, know they need meditation, right? But I'm just using this as an example, like the average person perhaps doesn't walk into a room and go, oh man, I really need to learn meditation today, right? <laughs> um, so if you have to convince them that they need it, then um, you, you almost you can almost never afford to acquire that lead. It'll cost you more in time, effort, advertising, money than you're going to get in, in money back. So that, that's probably one of the biggest things. And also appealing to the emotions. Um, like I did $170,000 in sales from one radio show. Um, I did a quarter million dollars in sales by appearing on one TV show. And, and other people have been on these shows and, and didn't make any sales on their website. The way I did it was hitting these hot buttons or these hot emotional buttons for people. You know, if, if I'm talking about memory and kids, I'm not just saying, oh, hey, you want to do better in school? Here you go. Um, you know, I'm talking to parents and I'm talking to them about how their kids were doing really great two years ago. And, and this year they're falling behind and, and you don't know why. And you're scared. You know, you're scared because if they fall behind now, who, who knows what's going to happen next year? And I'm not, I'm not trying to be a fear monger, but I'm talking to what they are really concerned about, you know? And, and that's how you get, you know, thousands of people coming to your website to buy something with their credit cards out rather than, you know, people, uh, you know, just being somewhat interested, you know? Incredible, incredible advice. Uh, if our listeners, uh, the Change Results community, wants to find out more about you, where can they where can they find you? Where can they get the information on you? Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm, if you go to my website, uh, and, or you can contact us also um, uh, at uh, you can actually contact me at Dave at uh, FerroCommunications.com. I'm I'm nervous about sending that email out there, but I wanted to give something special just to your listeners. If you contact me or you go to our website FerroCommunications plural dot com. Uh, so fair communications with an S.com. You can uh, book a 30 minute strategy session with me. And, and if you're from, uh, if you're from the results radio here, I'll, uh, I'll honor that for you. Um, you know, no charge and, you know, no expectations, no obligations. Tell me your marketing problem and I'll, uh, I'll just be there to serve because I firmly believe that in every relationship, every business relationship, the goal should be to give first, you know, to give something of value. And then people turn around and go, wow, this is really valuable. Uh, can I buy more? And, and that's basically the best, the best way to get a client is to give them something of value immediately. So that's what I want to give to your, to your listeners. And, and who knows, I might, even if they can't afford our services, uh, you know, we might be able to help some people who are in those earlier stages too. And there's nothing wrong with that either. 
Thank you so much for that, Dave. This is Results Radio, and I'm your host, Sean Chuchuk. Listen, this was one of the most incredible shows we've done, and I want to make sure that you go and listen to this. If you listen to it once, I want you to go back and listen to it all over again. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. It's been uh, a treat and an honor to have you here. If you haven't yet done so, please go to our website at yourresultsradio.com. Take a listen to all the shows there. Get yourself a copy of the Results Journal. It was designed with you in mind to help you accomplish more and do it in less time. Until next time, I'm Sean Chuchuk. This is Results Radio. Have an incredible day, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on Results Radio. Every show, we bring you the very best guests that share with you their experiences and expertise. Do whatever you have to do to join us for our next show. And visit us today at yourresultsradio.com. While you're there, get your copy of the Results Journal. Journal.